Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Joining us from the Weekly Standard is Chris Deaton, who's been all over the, I just coined this phrase, Chris, veep stakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That means that you're looking at who's running for vice president. If you haven't heard this cutting edge term, it's I've a come good up with. one. It's Thank you. One. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody give you a bonus. Now, so yesterday I saw that you'd written about uh, former Governor Mitch Daniels, someone mm-hmm. that many of us have wished in the past would run for president, and some of us still today. Uh, and then you followed up with a piece about Mike Pence. Is there something going on? On in Indiana, does Indiana have the inside track to the Veep Stakes? That one put all those together. That one's even better. Here, here's <laughs> here's a counter question before I get to answering your question. Have you ever seen Indiana in the limelight like this in political history? It's ridiculous. No, I'm from Indiana, and we're known for basketball, basketball and corn, and and, and lots of corn, yes. lots of crops, yes. and now all of a sudden politics. There is a lot of stuff going on in Indiana right now. Um, Pence is one of a few people at this point that are the logical, publicly known names um, remaining on Trump's Veep Stakes list. Uh, Let me stop right there. You said publicly known names. Mm -hmm. There's a rumor that there's essentially – it's almost like you're playing cards. Like there's a wild card spot. The the unnamed fifth person because people have been trying to put together – um, who that could be? Trump said in, in, in an interview with the Washington Post uh, that he's got five people, the three that I mentioned that we pretty much know of who are politically connected with Gingrich, Christie, and Pence. Then there's General Flynn. Who's the fifth guy? Joni Ernst and uh, Bob Corker, the two sitting senators who were possibilities at some point, didn't get very far in the vetting process, took themselves out of it. Um, so the Veep Stakes has been narrowed down to this. And if you put everything together of what has happened the last several days with Governor Pence and his family spending some time with Trump before the July 4 holiday um, at Trump National Golf Club in New Jersey. It was a positive meeting. Um, Pence himself during the Indiana primary, remember, was kind of a reluctant public supporter of Cruz. And this is the public stuff. Um, but he was very complimentary of Donald Trump in, in providing his endorsement, tepid as it was, of Cruz at the time. So he has always been, you have to imagine, on Trump's good side. And from the Republican National Committee's perspective, Pence is the safe guy out of all of this. He's had a difficult year in Indiana uh, the last couple of years, have had some messaging blunders and um – you know, some some managerial things in, in trying to handle message on social issues that has um, slowed them down a little bit. But he is still one of the more conventional, reliable guys, um, if the only one, if you, you know, count Christie and, and, and his career, which has kind of slid recently and doesn't look very, you know, flowery form in the future. And Newt Gingrich, of course, has been out of politics for a while. Well, Pence is still an active guy. And maybe this is his opportunity to uh, pull himself back into the national spotlight. So would you say, based on what you've seen so far, that the most likely pick for Donald Trump is Indiana Governor Mike Pence? Based on the people that I've talked to, based on everything that I have seen, people in Indiana seem, Indiana Republicans at this point, Point, have been seeming convinced that this is going to happen. Um, the uh, Daniel story that I published yesterday, and we can get to that, um, but there was one quote in there about the Washington Times report that quoted somebody saying, yeah, it's a 95% certainty at this point that it's going to be Pence. Um, this person that I talked to, um, who I would consider a, a, an excellent source and you know, on, on knowing this type of stuff, um, said that that's pretty much gospel inside of Indiana GOP circles at this point. And 
if Pence does end up um, doing this, he has to let Trump know by Friday, let the state party know by Friday, because by Indiana law, Pence is running for re-election uh, as governor this year. Uh, the GOP would have to pick his replacement by July 15. And that's where, hey, does Mitch Daniels all of a sudden have any interest in running for his old job? And he hasn't said no, um, according to some people that I've talked to. So that's where all the moving and shaking goes on behind closed doors. And it makes uh, Indiana the most unusual palace for intrigue in history. It's a barn of intrigue. We're going to have to start calling it barn intrigue now. So uh, why would Donald Trump announce before the convention? The convention's already so boring. He's a showman. Uh, why the all this talk about an early announcement, that feeds into the idea that, well, Governor Pence, Trump's going to announce it mm-hmm. because Governor Pence needs him to because he has to make a filing on Friday. Mm-hmm. You put all that together, and that makes me more certain than ever, Chris Deaton, that the one person <laughs> Trump won't pick is Governor Mike Pence. No, just because that's how he's been. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, as soon as he thinks you know what the you know the ying is going to be, he's going to yang. And that's that's the, the Trump show. Right. So, no, that's exactly right. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a shocker. <clears throat> he's going to announce vice presidential candidate Jack Bauer. Oh, that's man. That's a shocker. Absolutely right there. Kiefer, stay near your phone. Now, that's the uh, Republican side. Uh, we may, I may have some more of that for you in just a second. I want to flip over to the uh, Democratic side because uh-huh. a military guy, according to your reporting at the Weekly Standard, has made Hillary Clinton's interest list. Right. According to the New York Times reporting, of course, because that's how the, the, the Internet works nowadays. <laughs> uh, this is retired four-star admiral and the former Supreme Allied Commander at NATO, James Stavridis. Um, he is uh, currently a dean at Tufts University and was kind of an advocate of smart power uh, during his time um, in his higher military roles. He led NATO during the invasion of Libya, for example, in 2011 before the fall of Gaddafi. Um, Has had one of the things that I didn't write, um, but we'll be talking about this, I'm sure, uh, more as the process goes along. Um, You know, Stavridis is, is not somebody who is known widely to the politics community, because obviously he's not a politician. Um, but he has said things in the past that kind of run counter to the administration's wishes, the Obama administration's wishes on on matters of funding, for example, um, defense cuts. Now is not the time for that. Um, this back to this whole smart power thing. He really has a comprehensive view of how the United States has to exert influence in the world. Uh, he published something a few weeks ago about how we should go about eliminating ISIS. He thinks we do need some more boots on the ground in Iraq right now, a modest amount. We need to get it up to 10,000. Um, we need a special forces operation in Syria. And he said we might have to live with Assad for a while, as bad of a guy as he is, just while things shake out. But on the opposite side of things, we also have to concern ourselves with making sure that Muslim youth in these countries are educated to not want to carry out these horrific attacks on the West. And we have to make sure we're combating them online. And it's a very holistic approach to trying to address this particular issue. So he's an off the he's an off the wall selection. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But it's it's so contrary to every argument I've heard so far, which Mm -hmm. is either the smart thing for Hillary Clinton to do is go boring. That's right. Tim Kaine. That's right. Or double down on first woman president, Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. Or Which some, would be dumb. Some, I, do, I disagree completely. I, oh. I think Liz Warren is a lock. I think, I think she locks up the election for her completely. Yeah. Because women voters 
are not that excited about Hillary Clinton yeah. because Hillary Clinton has transcended first woman voters. She's moved yeah. into first openly corrupt under FBI investigation, <laughs> $150 million hack who took money from foreign governments to change American policy uh-huh. president. So that would be a news. She's That's got a all heck of an news. acronym. It is. It's hard to get it on a bumper sticker. Um, or that she needs to uh, solidify the sagging Bernie mm-hmm. base. And, and of course, Elizabeth Warren would help with that too. Right. Uh, to, the idea that she would need to do anything mm-hmm. in the foreign policy arena or the hawk arena, right. that doesn't – I'm not saying that that's wrong. I just I've, – I've yet to hear that conversation. I've yet to see any polling that shows that that's a weakness for her versus Donald Trump. Same. And and the one thing that the Times noted in their reporting was that there were some people close to Clinton who have always thought that she was going to have a token military selection be part mm. of her shortlist. So maybe here we have it right here. Um, the names that you mentioned are much more logical. Kane is the boring pick, and a lot of people have been saying she should go boring just because there is absolutely no reason for her to roll the dice on anything right now. I mean, it's essentially just, you know, grab a cocktail, sit back in a lounge chair and, you know, watch the Republican Party eat itself alive. I mean, ask you one last question on that in the vice presidential part, the conversation about the pick that causes Donald Trump to unify Mm -hmm. the Republican Party around him. Mm -hmm. Based on your conversations with the people who are, you know, not on board with Trump, Mm -hmm. the conservative coalition, is there such a person? Is there someone that, like, I mean, if, you know, Mike Pence or Ted Cruz or Ronald Reagan, (laughs) I mean, I guess I'm just wondering if, if it is possible for him to make a choice that would cause people to kind of overlook, the, just like voters pick the top of the ticket, right? I wonder if it isn't the case that conservatives aren't going to look past the top top of the ticket, right? Maybe maybe fence sitters, you know, people who are kind of going one way or the other, and okay, maybe because I trust this person who apparently trusts Trump's judgment enough to be his 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 running mate, then yeah, no, there isn't such a person. Um, One of the interesting things on this subject that came around when I believe it was Joni Ernst who was backing out um, of the Veep stakes is that some of her colleagues were quoted in a story saying, well, can I vote for Joni and not vote for Donald Trump? Because I believe in Joni. I'm with Joni. And that would be the sort of attitude that you're looking for. And it would also have to be a figure who transcends some of the Republican politics so much that – it's infeasible. I mean, we're talking a person like Paul Ryan at this point, which right. of course is a complete joke. I mean, you can't have a figure big enough on that ticket. And it doesn't change the fact that the first name listed on the bumper sticker is Trump. And that's why, in all seriousness, I think the final shakedown is going to be someone a la Chris Christie mm-hmm. in the sense that, number one, completely loyal, you know, f- uh, foaming mouth, you know, d- <laughs> defending Donald Trump, just no, you know, not holding back a punch. Yeah able to prosecute issues like toughness and crime, right. the, you know, the crime issue, and uh, someone who magnifies Trump's message rather than c- trying to mute it. I mean, you know, no doubt about it, Mike Pence is the mute in the Trumpet. Mm-hmm. See, I did it again. Mute, trumpet, <laughs> mute. All, all the band majors, all the music majors out there are loving me right now. It's exactly Absolutely. right. So I think he's going to go with someone who amplifies the, the Trumpery. To- that's totally reasonable because the other thing that we have to look at here when it comes to Pence is his ability to go out and spin on the Sunday shows. Right. And some of the messaging stuff that I was talking about in Indiana that was botched and that they had a difficult time with, you know, that sows right. doubt in certain people's minds that maybe Christie is the guy who needs to go out and constantly do the thing 
on Sunday where he's explaining what Donald Trump really meant. Of course, so the shocker is going to be when this is all over and Donald Trump's Veep pick is Elizabeth Warren and right. Clinton's Veep pick is Mike Pence. That's going to really throw everything off. And it's been that kind of year. Yes, it Chris Deaton, thanks so much for joining us for the podcast. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.